welcome and thanks for tuning in. This is Dr. Carnesha Smith, licensed clinical social worker here in Chicago, Illinois, and this is therapy. Let's unpack that. And while I do hope you enjoy the podcast, it is not intended to replace your own relationship with a licensed mental health professional. On this week's episode of Therapy, Let's Unpack That, I'm going to be unpacking with friends as we discuss mental health and momming, because it ain't our hugs, cuddles, and potty training. And I'll be talking with Miss Tiana Ramirez. Hi, guys. My name is Tiana Ramirez. I am a social worker. I practice as a micro-level um, clinician, which means I work primarily with individuals and small groups. I own my own business. I'm an esthetician by trade. Um, I'm a real estate broker. And most importantly, I'm a mother of three small children. They are 11, 9, and almost 2. Didn't help. Being, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I know that being a mother is one of the most difficult jobs there is on the planet. And as you mentioned, you have three or four different things that you do, different in all different, actually, career arenas. You have the mental health an esthetician, and then a real estate broker on top of being a mom. And so I know you just you just recently here finished your master's. So I know when you were working on your bachelor's, you were actually pregnant um, and actually gave birth to your youngest daughter. So I want to talk a little bit about what that was like, like what you were going through, like the mental health aspect of it as well. Um, and also just the, the expectations of being a mother. First, tell me what it was like with the pregnancy and the other two oldest kids. I think my situation is extremely unique just in general because I was pregnant with all three of my kids going through undergrad trying to get finished. Um, There were some major changes in there, which I'd lost a a significant amount of school, Um, a four-year gap of not going to school. So there was just there's been a lot that has happened um, with me being pregnant in school and a parent. Um, But specifically with my daughter, my kids at the time, my boys were, um, they were 10 and eight. So they demanded so much more of me. Um, Not so much as like when they were children, they didn't demand so much from me when I was pregnant with the other they knew when I was paying attention, when I wasn't paying attention. They knew when I was um, when I was present, when I was absent. It was very much so they felt those things. Um, being pregnant and not actually planning that pregnancy was really stressful because it came at a time where, hey, am I going to be able to graduate because I'm always high risk and I always spend so much time in the hospital? Will I be able to push through um, March, well, I wasn't able to take summer classes because I'd gotten pregnant with her. Like so many things had happened. Um, and like the end of my pregnancy with her came at a time where my boys were in, um, baseball and I was streaming their playoff games and, um, watching their playoff games via FaceTime because I was in the hospital so much. And, you know, that not only is stressful for me, but it's stressful for them knowing my mom's always here and 
she's not here. And then you start wondering, like, is there going to be any resentment? There's already this huge age gap. Like, what's going to happen? So um, it was really stressful. Finishing school, finishing undergrad was a feat. And she's breastfed and she's a co-sleeper. So um, doing all of that, there were plenty of times I was typing papers while breastfeeding a child. It, it, it was a lot. So... During that time when you were in the hospital and you're missing baseball games and, you know, prior to you giving birth to her, because we'll we'll touch on it a little bit later. But during that time when you're missing the games and you're you're tired and you can't engage with your sons like you like you used to before the pregnancy, how did you manage that stress? Because it's not like you can, you know, take medicine for it or anything like that because you're pregnant. So what did you do? Like, what did you do? What was your outlet? Like, give us a a couple of tools that you utilized that you found helpful. I actually feel like I didn't do a really good job. Like, now that I'm much more into the idea of self-care and I love, like, mindfulness and things like that, when I was in those very, very stressful moments, there was no... There was nothing, really, outside of going outside with them and tossing a ball... There was literally nothing that I could do to kind of keep the stress at bay. Um, My interactions with them didn't change much early in my pregnancy, especially. Um, It was just late into the pregnancy when things got a little more complicated that my interactions with them changed like significantly. So we know stressful pregnancy, what that does to a baby in utero. We know that it, you know, runs the risk of them having behavior issues and various different things that that can happen. So was that a concern for you while you were pregnant? Like, what am I doing to my my baby? Yeah, definitely. So my second pregnancy, as you know, um, was extremely stressful, um, a very like volatile relationship, um, very unhappy. And that child now has behavior issues that he just deals with on a daily. And it's really sad to see him go through these changes now that he's almost 10. He's very aware that his behavior, his outbursts, his anger is not the norm per se. So, of course, um, all the stressors that I was going through while I was pregnant with her was extremely um, difficult because I already know what that looks like. Now you give birth and you still have to finish school. So can you just walk me through like what that moment was like? Like, okay, I'm no longer pregnant. Like, was it still stressful? Well, I feel like having her, it was more so of a relief. Like she's here, she's safe. Um, because again, while I was pregnant, she wasn't active. She didn't move a lot. Um, I was forever in the hospital staying for overnight stays, being monitored for 24 hours to make sure that she was still alive. Like it was really stressful. So having her um, took a lot of that stress off of me because I no longer had to worry about her. Um, Seeing her brothers with her, it, it was a wrap. It was over. I was a lot of that stress was kind of alleviated in those first couple of days. But of course, um, you're in the hospital, people are taking care of, you know, um, bringing you food and bringing you water and making sure you're okay. So in the hospital, those times are a lot easier, I feel. And you're just still so in love with this little bitty pruny little thing, you know? So, um, yeah, I think those first couple days, maybe even those first few weeks were 
really, really great. Okay. So, um, as a, you know, now a mother of three and you have these two boys who are just wonderful with your daughter. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Where's your support? Because I know prior to you living here in the Chicagoland area, you know, you had your mom, you had your aunts, you had cousins, you, you know, you have this, this, uh, extended family, you have this village that's helping you raise these kids, but now you're, you're here, you're removed from them. Um, do you feel like you had a support system? And if so, did that support system help alleviate that stress that comes after the pregnancy that, uh, because a lot of people think, oh, you go home, you burp the baby, feed the baby, give a baby a bath. It's, oh, it's so cute. But I feel like every mom still needs a break. And as a mom of now three, you now have these two boys who don't understand just because I gave birth, I still can't do everything with you like, like before. So just, you know, kind of just talk about, you know, your support system and if that helped with any stress or if that even added to your stress. Well, like my kids afterwards, everything was fine. We had to have the conversations like every now and then you're going to see a breast and this is what a breast is and this is what a breast is for. So I never think my kids are ever going to like sexualize those things because they've seen it and they know that breasts are food. Um, Wait, what? what? They know it's food. They're there for food. Um. You know, so we had to have those conversations. You know, you guys were breastfed. This is what this looks like. Um, your sister's breastfed. I'm sorry. I'm not covering up in the house. We talked about it because I'm that mom. And, um, yeah, so um, that didn't make – there was no stress with that. The kids were super, super helpful. They always wanted to hold her, um, things like that. Um, my support system with my daughter – completely different than my support system with my children or my older boys. Um, back home, my mom was over every single day. My sister was over every single day. My little cousin, who's like a little sister to me over every single day. Um, without those three, I would have just, I would have died, especially my little cousin. She was like a second parent to my boys for years. Um, my mom, a godsend, every time I had a kid, she would want to come and stay weeks at my house, even though she lived down the street. She, for some reason, needed to stay the night with me. And she would do things like, you don't wake up, you pumped, I'm going to give him a bottle through the night, sleep. That was great. Um, with my daughter, it was something completely different because I moved away from home. So I have her godmother, who's my best friend, and her father, and um, that was it. And that was not something that I was like, I was accustomed to. I, in those times I wanted my mom um, around, I wanted my sister to be around. I especially wanted my little cousin around um, because they're just so important to me. But like those three people in my life are super, super important. And um, not having them around was really, really hard. Um, didn't make anything my support system being different didn't make anything better and or easier. I just feel like, um, well, I feel like you guys are just both receptive to my style of parenting. So that makes things a lot easier. Um, but yeah, during that process, after having her, uh, she had colic and stuff like that. So it would, 
it got to a point where it's really, really stressful. And going like right back to work, like let's just, now you're adding more things to it, right? It's summertime, you have the boys, baseball, soccer, just sports. And now you have this baby and you're back to work and you're, you know, you're stressed because there's colic. Unpack for us what that was like. So um, after having um, my daughter and just kind of being in a different space, it's summertime. She was born in July. My kids are playing soccer. Um, So there was that and dealing with, well, am I taking her outside? Can she go? Who has to stay home? I'm not missing any games. Um, Then there was going right back to school. I think within like three weeks, I was right back waxing, which if anyone has ever waxed, you know that it's it can take a really huge toll on your body, not to mention if you've just given birth. Um, and my business is like my baby as well, so I could not not go back to work. Um, yeah, I, you know, I went right back to school, so there was a lot going on at this time. Um, I was... It was my, I was starting my senior year of undergrad. So I knew that, you know, it was going to be a very long year, um, a very stressful year. And it was, um, but that the first couple months after having her, the, it just went from like pure bliss to like hell. I remember those moments. I remember seeing you completely transformed from the person I knew you to be. My thing with you was I can't let you, I'm seeing this. Let me bring it to your attention Mm -hmm. to let you know what I'm seeing. And I want you to talk about that because a lot of new mothers and just just mothers, period. You don't have to be new. You can have six kids and you start going through that. Um, And I'm going to go ahead and give it the name that that it is. It's postpartum depression. So, I just know how I felt seeing you go through this, but can you talk about what it was like going through it? And if you remember when it clicked, like, holy hell, I'm freaking depressed. Yeah, so I am a person who thrives on routine, a schedule. Um, Personally, it just works for me. So the entire time I was going through um, my first the entire time I was going through that fall semester because I had so much going on and there was so much to do. And I had class on these days and I was working on these days. The boys were doing X, Y, and Z. Um, and I was running and gunning. I was, I felt fine. I felt like I was okay. There was a certain point in time after I realized I was depressed that I could go back and find moments that like these were red flags. Um, in the moment when those red flags were happening, I was very much so aware that they were red flags. The biggest thing was, I think one night I was putting her down for um, to go to sleep and I couldn't get her to stop crying. And inside I wanted to mush her in the face. Like I literally wanted to mush my child. Uh, her dad was downstairs. I picked up the phone. I called him. I was like, hey, like, you have to come swap me out. Like, this is not okay. Um, I remember Bruce is a very understanding person. So I remember him coming upstairs and like, what the heck is going on in tears? Like, I should not feel this way. 
I shouldn't be so upset that she's crying, that this is what's happening. But that, in hindsight, was the biggest red flag. Um, I am so thankful that I knew to place a call. Um, But it was also a moment that when I reflect back on, I can see how mothers who are dealing with PPD are, they are at the end of their rope and you're supposed to be happy, but I was not happy. Um, so yeah, that was like the biggest, biggest red flag in hindsight. Um, but the thing was, you told me one day, like you've had on those clothes for X amount of days. It was a lot of days. That's none of your business, (laughs) but you were like, I know you and I know you haven't showered and that's not something that you do. And I was in denial at that point, in denial. Um, and I knew what was going on, but I was like, that's not happening. I'm not depressed. I don't get depressed. I am always okay. Because literally, I always feel like I have to be okay. But um, yeah, it was then that I knew something was wrong. But I was very much so in denial about what was happening um, even talked to Bruce, like, has it really, have I not showered? And he's like, I don't, I'm not paying attention. You know, we have the baby and yada, yada, yada. But apparently I was not showering. So yeah. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. <laughs> and I can only imagine other mothers who are listening to this, that they might not feel sad, but they may be saying, Oh, I'm not the only one because it's different when you, read about a story because usually when you read about it it's the mom has done something to the kids and herself you know so to hear that a person went through it to pick up on what some of the red flags are I'm sure this is definitely going to help a lot of people but I know you mentioned one red flag where it was you know you wanted to mush the baby in the face Um, were there other red flags that you can kind of point out to mothers who may not have that clinical background and they may not have a a friend who's a clinician and they may not have a dad who's downstairs that can come up and be understanding. I feel like the biggest thing for me was just irritability. I'm a very irritable person, Um, but it was through the roof. Everything made me irritable. Everything upset me. Um, and that's, that's something that I was getting to a point where I was on my like own nerves. I was really driving myself crazy. Like, why is that irritating you so much? Um, and I think that was one of the things too, that I was just increasingly irritable. Also, I wasn't sleeping. Um, and I got to a point where I wasn't sleeping at all. And then I was sleeping a lot and then I wasn't sleeping at all. And then I was sleeping a lot. And when I say I was sleeping a lot, I was sleeping about as much as my newborn, which is not okay. And I didn't need that much sleep. But no matter how much sleep I got, I was still tired. And again, as a mom, I knew that I would be tired, but I shouldn't have been that tired. So um, not sleeping was a huge thing for me because I sleep. I love to sleep. I can sit down and fall asleep literally in like a snap. I am asleep. Um, so not sleeping was huge, huge. Like I don't have insomnia, like, but 
I wasn't sleeping. And then when I started sleeping, knowing that I was sleeping, you know, 12 to 16 hours and then waking up still extremely tired. It was just huge tells that I knew were, they were indicative of depression, but I, again, I just didn't want to deal with it, I guess. If you're out of it, how did you come out of it? And if you're not uh, not out of it, how are you continuing to deal with it? So um, I would like to think I'm on the other side of it, but also being a clinician, I know that I'm, I, I'm probably right in the thick of it. Um, I would think that looking back that I've probably had depressive episodes prior to um, having my daughter, but also you, th- I can pinpoint probably what put me in those places and I should have been depressed with what was going on with my life. Um, but I have to give a lot of credit for coming out of the, the worst parts of it to you. Um, Nish got to a point where she's just like, no, we're, you're going to leave the house. I'm going to take you out. You're going to drive. Um, which was really scary too, because I was kind of like lethargic and almost like in a zombie state. Remember when I, um, almost ran, ran over the curb and into the street when you made me drive to firehouse the first time driving. Yeah. Yeah. So my first time driving, um, for weeks while I was depressed, um, I don't really remember driving to firehouse subs. Um, I also don't remember parking and I don't think I put the car in park. I think I just put my foot on the brake and then at some point like hit the gas and drove over a curb. Like had I not been able to hit the brake, we would have definitely been out on Cicero. Like it would have been really bad. Um, So that again was like a really scary moment during all of this, knowing that like, Hey, I shouldn't be driving right now because I could probably kill myself. Um, outside of that, um, I finally kind of took a really huge step in going to see my physician and then speaking to a psychiatrist while I was there. Yeah. So besides just being like drug out of the house all the time, um, in the winter, my boys normally don't play sports. Um, so the winter was a struggle too. I was stuck in the house. There was nowhere to go. There was nothing to distract myself again. Like I thrive on routine. So it would have been great if they had practiced three days a week and we were playing, um, soccer on the weekends, but, um, we didn't travel that, um, we didn't travel that winter. So it was rough. Um, but right back into spring, we're playing baseball. We're at it again. So it was a lot a lot easier to kind of busy myself with um, with the things that the kids were doing and just throwing myself into it and not dealing with depressive symptoms when they have a lot to do. Um, but I eventually, uh, I think my daughter was like a year and like close to a year and a half old before I really was just like, okay, this is depression. I have to own it. I have to deal with it. And Yeah. So it took a really long time of just, it was a lot of misery and to know that I put myself through that knowing that something was going on. I can only imagine moms who just don't have the wherewithal to kind of do certain things or, um, 
reach out, which, and, and I was, I wasn't doing things I know I should have been doing. Um, I should have been doing a lot of things that were making me happy. I quit YouTubing. Like I quit wearing makeup. Like I was just, yeah, I wasn't myself and doing all of this. Um, you know, I'm graduating. Life is stressful. Um, I haven't been able to celebrate anything, you know, I hadn't traveled because of the kids. I do not like leaving my children. So if I travel, they travel. So, um, because I'm in school and I was pregnant, I cannot travel while I'm pregnant. Um, yeah, it, it just wasn't fun. I hadn't been on a trip in so long. So, um, during my, um, during my spring semester, I decided that we were going to go to Universal. And um, that was my celebration was we went to Florida. That was not my graduation gift to myself. It was my gift to my children because they have been through a lot. A lot of mom can't do that right now because she's studying. I have a paper to write. I have to go to class tonight. So, yes, the graduation trip was not for me. You could tell by the resort we stayed at and the fact that we went to Universal, this graduation trip was for my kids. Thank you for tuning in to part one of Unpacking with Friends, Mental Health and Momming, because it ain't our hugs, cuddles, and potty training. But I want you to tune in next week as we continue to unpack momming, mental health, stress, trying to vacation, trying to graduate and different coping skills that you can utilize. If you have any questions, concerns, feel free to email me at unpackthat20. That's unpackthat20 at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at unpackthat20 and on Facebook at Therapy. Let's Unpack That. And as always, it's okay to see a therapist. (laughs) I'll talk to you soon.